Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Rock Welcome to the Dev Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Nick Roush in Louisville, Jay Dorch in the greater Louisville area. Uh, Andy Murray is unavailable. He is on a company field trip, Jay. He is taking his staff on a bourbon tour today. Uh, so seems, good for seems like he should. Seems like he should have taken us with him. Yeah, what gives, mean, Andy? Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's selfish. So that's just the way Andy is, always been. So uh, yeah, true. He he failed to invite us after all we've been through this season. So mm-hmm. sh- sh- shame on him. Shows where his priorities uh, are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed. Gentlemen, Kentucky uh, went on the road, got a 17 point win at Vanderbilt, and SEC win, secured sole possession of second place in the East uh, at five and three in the league. Currently sitting at seven and three. Jay, I thought that first half, uh, other than the final two offensive drives, uh, was the best Kentucky has played this year. Complimentary football, all three phases, I thought was uh, was the best football the Cats have played uh, in 2021. Yeah, they were great. I mean, they started fast. Uh, both sides of the ball played well did what they needed to do, uh, controlled the game. I mean, just imposed their will on Vandy. And, uh, yeah, looked great. It was, uh, it was a good start. Nick, 28 points in 16 plays. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Averaged, uh, averaged uh, you know, did what Tennessee did to Kentucky a couple weeks ago. Averaged the first down and snap in the first half. 278 yards. Uh, Will Levis started the game, what, 10 for 10, was in complete control. Chris Rodriguez, Jr., uh, is back. Uh, mm-hmm. He powerful, uh, went over 1,000 yards on the season, 100 yards for the game. I thought he, he looked great. That first half was 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 really good. Vanderbilt started Ken Seals at quarterback, uh, which was uh, good for Kentucky. <laughs> uh, I, I don't understand that decision, but it is what it is. Overall, complimentary half of football, Nick. Yeah, no, it really was. I, uh, man, it was it was just fun to go out there and whoop somebody's ass, for lack of a better term. I mean, they just put it on them, uh, completely put it on them in that first half. And I I think the biggest thing was just being opportunistic defensively. Uh, You Mm. you you knew you were going to be able to score some points, but you you let Jalen Geiger get his first career start. He comes up, makes a tackle on third down. Then the next play, they throw up a lollipop, and he just grabs it and waltzes into the end zone. I know, it, Jay, easy plays are easy plays, but it's good just to see. Like, you got you to gotta make those plays. That's something that's been absent all year, and, and he went out and got it done to uh, 
to to start the game and and really kind of put the foot on the gas there. Yeah, super happy for him to to do that in his first start uh, and stepping in and and getting that play was huge. And 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 I'll be honest with you, man, that that, that ball was probably in the air a long time for him. And that you know, it looks like an easy routine play, and it is, but. Uh, I'm just I'm happy he snagged it out of the air and, and made the play and and let's be honest I mean uh, we went down there and, and did exactly what we needed to do in the first half and what we should do uh, for us to take the next step uh, go to the next level those are the types of halves we got to have but we got to do it for a full game. Yeah, you're 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 exactly right, and that, I think some of it too. It's kind of funny that. Uh, that Kentucky, the the seesaw and, and havoc plays on defense. Last year it was all turnovers, no sacks. This year it's all sacks and no turnovers. I think they've gotten True. nine in the last yeah. two games. And I want to say I can pull up the stat really quickly um, because they're near the the tops of the SEC, if I'm not mistaken, or, or they're they're middle of the pack, twenty five sacks. Uh, a lot better than it was last year, Freddie. But they, yeah. but they've gained up in sacks and tackles for loss. They've kind of lost in, in creating turnovers. Yeah, turnovers uh, has not been something that the defense has created. I mean, some of it is the luck of the bounce. Some of it is uh, Kentucky has not not defended passes at the point of catch uh, to have a to have a uh, an interception. Uh, but fumbles fumbles can be a lucky thing. So. Yeah, a lot of, more sacks. Uh, Josh Paschal had two on Saturday, and mm-hmm. uh, you know he, he's he's finishing up a great career. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I was happy for Jalen Geiger to get that interception, the pick six, that close to Veterans Day. Uh, his parents are both retired Army. Mm-hmm. Uh, I li- I like the shakeup in the starting lineup, even if it was just you know who, who goes out first. Everybody else is going to play. Probably the same amount of snaps. I, I like that with Geiger and Vito Tisdale getting the start, and uh, th- that was fun to see. And it showed that you know there is com- there can be competition, there can be substitutions at the safety and nickel positions, but corners there, there's only three of them, so it's hard to mix that starting lineup up. So uh, yeah. that you're that's pretty much you are who you are in that situation. But yeah, the turnovers uh, we just just haven't been just, there. We just don't have any ball hawks in the secondary. You know, we don't have a Kelvin Joseph, um, you know, Eccles or Westry or we, you know, and we've been spooled rotten with ball hawks yeah. for a long time. And at least we are getting the quarterback. And usually that translates to uh, more interceptions. But the way our DB, especially on the outside, have been playing their coverages, you know, they're just, they're just not aggressive. Um, and yeah. whether that's the, the, whether they're being coached that way or it's just a confidence thing on their part, um, I would love to see them compete more because when you start getting pressure on the quarterback like we have been, that should translate to more turnovers. Yeah, yeah, it should. <clears throat> it should. But you know what, guys, something I wanted to bring up in this podcast is, mm-hmm. you know, th- th- throughout all the trials, tribulations, and, and issues that we've seen uh, in this passing game in, in the Kentucky defense over the course of Georgia, who, who we've seen is, you know, is special Mississippi state, Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, I'll start with this. Kentucky held Vanderbilt 
Uh, Vanderbilt was averaging 301 yards per game. Kentucky held them to 266, so below their season average. Vandy was averaging 17 points a game, scored, what, 15, so or, or, or 17. It was averaging 15, so it was two more. So Kentucky did defensively overall, if you look at the big picture, if you look at four quarters as a whole, did a good job uh, defensively. Uh, Mike Wright changed the game a little bit, the, the quarterback from Vanderbilt. Well, I, I don't know in why. In the second half. What, 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 what's Clark Lee doing out there? How, how does he not uh, see that? that I, <laughs> I mean, how does he not see yeah. that that guy's clearly the better option? I don't I, I don't know. Well, here's another thing, Nick, if we're going to get into that, against Missouri – Vanderbilt's opponent before the bye week leading into Kentucky, Wright had 152 yards rushing, had 124 yards passing, four and counted for four, three touchdowns. So I don't know. Yeah, I, and, I don't and know. That that tells me that's a defensive coordinator that doesn't know how to be a head coach. Because I mean, he yeah. also remember when he went and fired his offensive coordinator play caller before even was it before the first game or after the first game? I think it was before the first. Yeah, game. but what are, you, what are you doing, Corkley? What do you do? It's he does all those things that makes like the media folks be like, you know, I think Corkley's doing something there, and then just does other things where you're like, wait, wait, hold up, does this guy has he ever been around football before in his life? Like, come on, what are you doing, Corkley? Yeah. Get it together. Yeah. So I, I said all that to say that ten games into the season, Kentucky Brad White has another top five defense in the southeastern in the conference kentucky right now is ranked fifth in the sec allowing 341 yards a game 5.4 yards per play so uh, they're fifth in scoring defense as well too it hasn't looked pretty (laughs) at times and you know a couple games really just i think is, is is so fresh in people's minds that you know how many people i were were texting me, tweeting me, whatever, fire Brad White, fire Brad White. You know, Kentucky for the third consecutive season is a top five defense in the SEC. Jay, that's pretty good. I'm not, I'm not, an, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I think <laughs> top five is, is pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, I'd say that's right. I mean, it, that's, that's crazy if anybody wants to get rid of him. Um, he's as good as it gets, and, and, and it's only getting better. You know, obviously, everybody's looking at the Tennessee and the Mississippi State game and obviously got a lot of frustration. And and uh, I probably have more frustration over the Mississippi State game than I do the Tennessee game. Um, you know, sometimes things just happen. And those, yeah. you know, 27 seconds, they score 14 points and two explosive plays, uh, basically. But, I mean, that guy's legit. And he's put it together year in, year out since he's been here. And it's only going to get better. And, uh, you know, I, I love where our defense is. You know, we just got caught with uh, uh, some uh, mis- unfortunate things at cornerback. I mean, that's really our only hole is that cornerback. And if we had the depth even, not just the, the players, but we just don't have the depth. We, we can't play the position like we need to play it. And his defense requires to play it. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think if you look ten thousand feet too, Freddie, the defense really has matched the preseason expectations to a certain degree, and that's losing a couple of guys for the season. You heard at least Oxendon for the season. He was the answer to one of your biggest holes. 
you didn't have Marquand McCall for five weeks. So um, going in, we knew this Kentucky offense was going to have to score more points to win. Now there was, there's no denying that you had to place what six defensive starters, uh, and they won you a game against Florida. I know the Florida team that we see now uh, is much different than the one that came to Kroger Field in October. But that's team scored. They're capable of scoring 50, 60, 70 points a game, and Kentucky held them to what six, right? Seven, seven, yeah, yeah. So, and, and had seven straight stops at the end. Uh, same thing with that LSU team that that was given Alabama all they had. The Kentucky defense has gotten beat by good quarterbacks. That's really what yeah. the, the yeah. good quarterbacks have, <clears throat> have done Kentucky's defense wrong. But for the most part, it's been a lot of, of what we've expected. Yeah, yeah with, I, I mean, mean I love, you bring up a great point, Nick. I mean, because I, I would say that if you, if you look at losing uh, McCall, Rodgers, Oxidine, right. and, and Wright, I mean, it's four of your top seven interior linemen and then you're forced to start two backups which by the way in backup roles they played extremely well Mm -hmm. um but in full-time starter role that's a different game and you're asking young guys that just aren't prepared yet mentally and physically to play those positions and our strength has been up front and we've owned the line of scrimmage our front seven is on the line of scrimmage against everybody except when those guys got hurt. I'm going to take it from 10,000 feet to 35,000 feet now. Oh. So, yeah, so so keeping in, in theme with this discussion. So Kentucky right now is seven and three with all those injuries and with personnel <clears throat> issues that can't be fixed until 2022. Seven and three – should be commended or uh, with with some having aspirations for a playoff team, was that unrealistic given the present, the present, (laughs) the the Mm. current too deep, especially on defense that we see now, if you look at the big picture, is a top five defense in the SEC. So my number one thing going into the season, Nick, you'll remember this, is my my number one concern was replacing the five NFL the, the, the draft picks from the defense, right? You remember that uh, talking about that, mm-hmm. and, and that was going to be harder than people thought. And then you got Devonshire transfer out, Brown transfer out, uh, transfer out. I mean, that puts a lot of strain on that cornerback position. Then you add uh, the six that had to deal with the one issue. So, you know, I think seven to two is pretty daggone good with this current two deep and should be celebrated rather than any some sort of disappointment in what could have been. Yeah, and it's it's football. It's always going to be a game of what could have been. Um, yeah. And you know what? I'm also never going to apologize for doing college football playoff scenarios. Freddie, that's not you. You're one game at a time. We know this. But, like, come on, it's fun. It's also college football. We should have fun. Like, it's, it's – 100%. Like, we, we, you know, you should dream big about Sugar Bowls and whatnot – but the, the kind of reality is this um, team was faced with a, a difficult hand at times. The injuries piled up right when they were facing those three quarterbacks in a row. Um, and, and, and also, I think a lot of this comes down to it's just that stupid rivalry with Tennessee, Jay. I mean, how many, yeah. ta- how many seasons in your lifetime could you just say, well, if they just would have found a way to beat Tennessee late, then 
you know, like it happens all the time. Like that is a tough pill to swallow. And, and that happens in that rivalry quite often. It does. I'd rather not talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, hurt, it hurts too much. But, you know, I'll say this, you know, we're, we're sitting there six and oh, and, and I, I believe as a fan base and as a team, we've earned the right to dream about that playoff scenario. Absolutely. Um, and then we go down to Georgia and we're, you know, we're, we're, we lose a few guys on defense up front, but we we're respectable. And I still think we deserve a right to think, man, you know, we could legitimately be a top 10 team. And maybe if we take care of business, get in the conversation, um, probably going to be outside looking in, you know, if we took care of business and had one loss all the way, all the way through. But, you know, uh, the next two games, it just hurt. I mean, you know, it, it was, uh, it was unfortunate from a matchup perspective. Um, and I, I, you know, seven to three, we, we should celebrate. Uh, because anytime you're seven and three, you're still looking at a great season. And if we take care of business like we should, you end up nine and three and go to a great bowl game and get a win there. There's not many 10 win seasons in the history of UK football. Um, and if we do it the right way, it's going to be pretty exciting. Um, but, you know, I certainly believe we should be sitting there at eight and two instead of seven and three. So there is some disappointment, but, you know, things happen and, and we're not, and we're seven and three and it still should be celebrated. No, oh, no, we lost Freddie again. Where the, where's Freddie keep going? He keeps running yeah, away that, from us. I, I don't know. Guy, I, he I, always what, avoids us on the tough stuff. Yeah, what's your problem, Freddie? You keep leaving us. I don't know, man. I, I, I keep getting kicked out. I, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. <clears throat> but listen, I, my deal is I never tell fans how to fan. That's on them. You know what I mean? What I, My expectation is me. I never – I don't like it when people tell fans how to fan. So you be you, I'll be me. And, and, and listen, the playoff stuff, that was fun. And, and, and it is another thing. I know the schedule has been friendlier than mm-hmm. expected. Jay, listen, you and I played on teams when we had to go against three, four top ten teams on, that f- on the field. Kind of like that so, team last year. I ain't apologizing. I don't think anybody should apologize that these some of Kentucky's opponents are down because, yeah. I mean, listen, it ain't fun to slug it out against Alabama and Auburn in the same year. No, by the way, Tennessee's top ten. You know, right. it, that that's not fun, is it, Jay? I mean, listen. No. It, 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 it balances out, brother, because, I mean, man, there, there's been years when it's just been – you're you're just hanging on by this time if you're trying to survive, you know? It's a gauntlet, you know, and I think the fans get caught up in what, you know, the media says the the uh, SEC football team should be, meaning, oh, Tennessee's terrible, Mississippi State's not very good, you know, Missouri's terrible. But we all know there's still dogs on that team. There's still SEC football teams, and I don't care yeah. what you say, the, the starting – 22 on any SEC football team in any given Saturday can do anything against anybody. And yeah. it's just, there's just, there's players and there's players that, that show up 
Um, I mean, they're they're SEC football players. Yeah, the difference. It just means more. Yeah, unless it's that's your Vanderbilt. Bless the. Can you imagine being a coach at Vanderbilt and hosting hosting recruits like in a game like Saturday? I mean, you know how hard that's got to be. I mean, how many fans legitimately were there for to support Vanderbilt? Five thousand, maybe. Maybe. And then did you? That's tough, man. And then their basketball team, you see they lost to VCU and only scored 37 points. How do you only score 37 points oh, in a wow. basketball game? 37? Yeah. I mean, it was it was they lost 48 to 37, which you could have told me, and I would have assumed it was a basket or a football loss. It's a basketball yeah, their coach. Their coach could have scored 37 if you put him out there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the Vanderbilt game. Second half was uh, Kentucky jumps up 31. Kentucky scored 73 points in six quarters. So, uh, pretty good. Second half, offensively, uh, UK only had four possessions, Jay. One being a kneel down. One being when you got the penalties that backed everything up that, that, you know, Wondell Robinson passed interference, whatever. That was, that was a little bit silly. One was a 14 play, 60 something yard drive that resulted in a field goal and then one not efficient drive. So three points, but you only had the football for very little, just one sustained drive. Uh, wins 34-17. Mike Wright gets hot. Vandy converts some third downs, keeps the football quite a bit. The game was never – the outcome was never in question, but uh, I think the, the freshness, the rawness of the Tennessee loss – the second half of the, of the Vanderbilt game where, you know, people were, you know, a lot of people were wanting to see a blowout. Kentucky didn't cover. That had some aggravation to it. But, again, you win by 17 on the road, that that, that has to be considered a success. I think that's right. I mean, it, it, it kind of left a bad taste in people's mouth, including mine. I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest. I, I wanted to see them just come out and be dominant again and let some young guys get in and let them be dominant because they could have been. Um, it was kind of confusing, maybe some of the play calls that were being called on offense. And I don't know, we just didn't have that edge. And, 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 and Freddie, we've been in those games. Yeah. Uh, we know, we know that can happen. You kind of lose interest after the first game and, or after the first half. And, uh, you hate to say that, but it's true. You just lose your edge and, and, uh, you know, it just seemed like from a coaching perspective, they did as well. Um, obviously right brought a, a, an entirely different dimension. Um, we all know that that running quarterbacks has been a very difficult uh, issue for Kentucky football for a long time. And yeah. in most football teams, by the way, uh, or defenses. Uh, but he can throw the ball too, man. That guy's the player. Uh, like you all said, I, I'm shocked. I don't know what Lee is looking at, but what I saw, there's a clear separation between those two. Nick, what do you think about the second half? Um, not much of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it was. Uh, I, I think when Luckett and I were talking about it, like it kind of turned into practice almost. Um, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I actually, Jay, the year after you left, we had a game very similar to this uh, against Cincinnati. I think we beat them thirty. 30-something to nothing, but 
you know, we jumped out and, and just rolled on them. And second half didn't do a lot, but still got some of the younger guys in. And, you know, from experience, that, that happens. You know, we, we did lose our edge. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, and you're saying, you know, the, the counter of that was, well, you should have had better leadership. Well, I was one of the leaders. So was Andy. I mean, you know, Andy's a pretty good daggone leader. You know what I mean? It don't matter. I mean, once you hit that coast mode, it, it, it's hard to turn out of that. You can't, you can't, I don't know what it is because we've all, yeah. like you said, you, we've been there and it, it is yeah. a, it's an eerie and it's a weird feeling, but it's true. It happens. It is. Yeah. And, and you, I, you, and you, I, yeah. You would hope that, um, you know, again, as we've talked a lot about this season, this team taking that next step, right. You know, foot yeah. on the throat, if you will. Um, and you want to see that, uh, obviously it didn't happen, but, those are characteristics of teams that are taking that next step. And, and, and maybe we're just not quite there. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but it does happen. Yeah. Uh, Nick, Juton McClain, I, I thought really came on and showed, you know, uh, Stoops and, and a lot of people have been talking about uh, McClain and we got to see what they were what they were discussing, we got to see in, in action against Vanderbilt. He was impressive. He was very impressive. He's uh, our old boy Smoke. Seat's a little, little toasty here for him. Uh, yeah. Because the thing about McLean, too, is like he does a little bit of everything you want. You know, he had that one run where he showed some explosiveness, but he was pushing dudes down like 15 yards down the field, like just continuing yeah. to drive his leg. So, um, I, I don't know what Chris Rodriguez's future holds, um, but if he's not in Lexington next year, I think Jatan McClain will be the primary back. I, I don't think there's any doubt in that. Yeah, Wondell Robinson had another big game, 11 catches. Uh, you know, I thought that that he he was he was solid. Uh, maybe not. A, what, how many catches he, did Wondell have? Six for 75. He's uh, um, yeah. I, I, He's, he's getting close to breaking he, records, right? If he lives up to his average, which is seven and a half a game or so, he'll uh, yeah. he'll set that record before the bowl game down at Cardinal Stadium. Yeah. So uh, I, yeah. he, he's on pace for a record. I know you mentioned uh, Goodfellow. He can get the single season. He can't get the career because he hasn't punted long enough. But he can uh, become uh, get the season single record for Max if he keeps up his mm. his average. So yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, he has been great this this year. Isaiah Cummings is really developing into that that go to uh, pass catcher. What I liked, I mean, I like several things about this football game, Jay. But my favorite play was Isaiah Cummings fifty fifty ball touchdown uh, contested catch in the end zone on a vertical shot. I really like that, and I like what that signifies going forward with this offense. That guy is a stud. I mean, I'll yeah. just say it. He, he is something else. And I know uh, I heard uh, Levis say that that he didn't put that ball where it needed to be, uh, but I I thought it was a perfect ball. I mean, yeah, uh, only Cummings could have caught that ball. I mean, there's nobody yeah. else. That, his defender couldn't have got a hand on it. Uh, I thought it was perfect. I mean, it was beautiful. That, that's that's what we see against us all the time. And yeah. uh, that's a that's a playmaker right there. Nick yeah. Will Levis had another big game. Uh, started really hot, what ten for ten. Mm -hmm. uh, just, and, but one thing 
One thing uh, uh, that was a little concerning was the end of the first half. Uh, he, he was aggravated, and it showed. He was frustrated, and it showed on some of the ways that he was uh, uh, communicating with the sideline. I've had quarterback coaches and head coaches that had rules that you were not allowed to show the palm of your hands to the sideline, meaning you can't – it was they, – they had rules that you were not allowed to show frustration, confusion, or anything like that toward the sideline because if the huddle sees you doing that, then how they expected whatever you call to be a, to be a successful football play. You know, right. you know, so uh, – but here's the deal. Quarterbacks are alpha competitors, and Will Levis is. I was. I mean, if you're if you're if you're a halfway decent quarterback in the Southeastern Conference, you are a a ultra competitive person. So, well, that's something that he can maybe dial back a little bit. Yeah, and you haven't seen him much, and I think it's because they were getting into practice mode. They were doing stuff he's not normally comfortable with. They're throwing fade routes yeah. to Rasan Lewis, five nine guy. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I'd get a little frustrated too if I'm leaving points off the board because we're trying to get cute. But you know what? A coach should get cute in that scenario. You're up thirty one to three. What's another touchdown going to do? You know, like yeah, yeah. Do do some stuff you're not comfortable with. Um, but I like it, too, because that means he's ticked off and he wants to get more points. <laughs> I, I like seeing that from, from my quarterback. It's yeah, a, I it's do, but it, it's, it's not – I mean, yeah, you're right, Jay. No, it's, it's just a maturity thing. I mean, we got to remember that's his 10th start, right, at this level. Yeah. And, uh, you know, him and Cohen are growing together. And, uh, you know, he, he's got to grow not only as, the, as a player – you know, on his with his skills and, and his, his physical play, but also uh, mentality. You know, his his leadership, his the mental game has got to go to the next level. And man, ten games in as a starter, you, you got to give that guy pretty high grade at this level. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously he's played at this level uh, at Penn State, but he wasn't the full time starter. You know, they just had a running package for him. And he would come in maybe eight to ten plays a game uh, at most. Um, and this first time he's full time started this level. I, mean, I, I give that kid a lot of credit, and and he probably obviously as quarterbacks do get way too much blame and not enough credit. But um, and he or too much credit. Uh, but I, I'm I'm excited where he is and where he's going. Yeah, and I I, he, he's I, another one too, Freddie. I think he's going to be have like a top ten season for Kentucky quarterbacks in terms of yardage. Josh Ali is on the fringe of being a top ten receiver all time. Uh, Chris Rodriguez got a thousand yards. I think he's just the tenth to do that. If I'm not, he, he's at least cracked the top ten rushing list in terms of career rushing yards, uh, and he can still climb up that single season list. So a lot of records uh, in the crosshairs for the Cats right now. What does that Kentucky offense look like in 2022? A lot of good tight ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, a, a lot of a lot of really good tight ends. Uh I think the the thing we don't know that's gonna and it's it's it, it, I mean, I hate that it's you're gonna be beating that drum again. You have questions at the receiver, like how have the young guys developed? Uh how how significant are those transfer portal additions going to be to help Levis? And then also, uh, 
well, how, how do you, what happens at offensive tackle? You know, how do you fill that center? There's going to be more questions about that off. It's weird. We've had so many certainties on the offensive line for so long. Next year, it feels like there's more uncertainties in the trenches than there is at necessarily the skill positions. So, uh, come back or does not come back? Wondell Robinson. Probably not. Very doubtful. Jay. I can't see him coming back. I mean, I don't know how his stock would get any higher. Yeah. He's still going to be a 5'9 receiver a year from now, you know? like Yeah. I mean, you know, what he did at Nebraska was what he did in Nebraska. They didn't utilize him properly. Uh, Comes in the SEC, lights it up. I I just don't see the upside getting Mm -hmm. much brighter for him. Right. So, I I don't see it. I agree, but I believe there's an outside chance. I mean, you you never know, depending on what the uh, advisory committee – comes back with a grade for him. Chris Rodriguez Jr. This one, Jay, to me, is a little bit more up in the air because while you did see more from Chris this year in terms of pass catching, he was uncomfortable running outside zone, and then his fumbles are a non-starter for a lot of NFL scouts. So, I don't know. I I don't know if it's necessarily a toss-up. I would lean 60-40 that he's going – I think he's got more of a decision than most would anticipate. Yeah, I'm, I'm 50-50 on this one. Um, I think he wants – man, gosh, if he, if he just didn't have those that fumble issue early, yeah, um, I don't think his stock gets any higher. But now I think he's taking a step back in the yeah. NFL's eyes because of that. Right. Um, and, of course, also just that unknown issue – you know, whatever that was that he was going through that limited his touches and, you know, uh, that is just lingering. And I, if I'm an NFL scout, I'm sitting there looking at that. I'm like, okay, this, this brings a couple red flags in that I wasn't anticipating. And so I'm, I'm 50-50 on him. And I'll step back to Wondell for a second. I, the, the one thing that I will say that changes everything is the NIL deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that kid, that kid if he came back. He can make a pro I salary. Mean, <laughs> he can make a pro salary instantly. He can make more than the, the league minimum. And so and, – and, and one thing that is exciting about him from that potential that maybe I don't even think enough about is he's a Kentucky guy. I mean, yeah. you know, and Cohen's here and a whole other year in the system and the whole offense getting the spring to work on it and having some other, you know, some other guys coming in to help him. It, it could he could come back. I still think he goes, but NIL changed it. Absolutely. That's that's one of the reasons I think there's an outside shot. With Rodriguez, yeah. I agree. I mean, running backs only have so many hits on them, but uh, I think the fumbles may, um, may lead to him coming back. And can you imagine year two uh, with that system with Levis? I know mm. there's going to be some – there's some turnover in the offensive line losing – Darren Kennard is going to hurt. I mean, he's an All-American, been an All-American for a couple of years. Luke Fortner is another one that's really going to hurt this the team by, by going. And I'm looking forward to following those guys in the NFL. Uh, tight yeah. end is going to be a strength. I think the transfer receiver uh, from South Carolina or from, from Syracuse is going to help. And then, uh, you know, Dane Key, I, I, I don't think Kentucky's finished in the transfer portal. 
uh, by any means of uh, uh, imagination. Yeah, and yeah. Keontae Goodwin, I, I think Keontae Goodwin could be a, a day one plug and play offensive tackle. Mm. We'll see. Defensively, don't you uh, don't you trust don't you trust though the the recruiting uh, from an offensive line perspective? And they've redshirted dudes the last two years. Yeah. I trust the um, development of the offensive line as much as the recruiting, Jay, because I think, I'm not, I think, yeah, I think Kentucky does a great job developing those guys. Yeah. And, you know, we, none of us uh, had Eli Cox on our radar last time yeah. last year. Yeah. And he yeah. was a mid year All American. So, yeah. Um, I mean, now you're getting players that are, that are highly, more highly ranked coming in. Jagger Burton being one, I'm excited to watch him. And they'll just continue developing offensive linemen. So yeah, um, yeah. John, keep your eye on John Young, man. He's a little boy. I know his dad real yeah. well. He's a stud, yeah, I mean, man. Offensive linemen are slow cookers, so you don't know what's uh, what's in the what's in the yeah. grill, man. For 2022, defensively, Bully McCall will he come back? I, I don't know. What do you guys think? You know, and, there's that that injury changes things for him a yeah. lot. And I also didn't realize that he was only a he was a true fourth year guy. I for some reason yeah. I thought he redshirted. So I, I I do think there the door is open, but it sounds like scouts do like him enough to take him. Um, yeah. That, uh, so I, I'm kind of leaning like I could end up seeing him going to the senior bowl with Josh Pascoe and Yusuf Corker, and kind of like how Bohanna was last year and, and earning a, a draft spot. Yeah, defensive line is going to be a big uh, replacement with, you know, Pascal gone, maybe Bully, uh, you know, get Oxendine back, which it will help. Jock West Jones is kind of maybe will come back. So, uh, transfer portal is going to be hit hard on the defensive side, I think. Uh, year two of Trevor Wallace is going to be exciting. And a true healthy – J.J. Weaver will be exciting, but they, but but Brad White does need depth at his edge positions, uh, especially yeah. at pass rusher. So I, I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, let's quickly look at New Mexico State. Uh, listen, one and nine. Uh, Doug Martin, Jay, you know Doug. Yeah, uh, I love Doug. Quarterback as a coach at Kentucky, I do too. Has the impossible job at New Mexico State, not in a conference. Didn't play. I mean, just impossible, impossible job. The one thing I like about this game, I think Kentucky's going to win. And I've learned my lesson not to give an opponent a 0.0 chance to win. I'm not going to do that again. But I like how New Mexico State throws the football 45 times a game, 264 yards. Uh, I think that's good. Jonah Johnson's going to give the Cats a good look. At a at a quarterback that can throw it all around the field, leading into the Governor's Cup, I like that aspect. But defensively, New Mexico State is bad. is is pretty daggone bad. Ranks uh, 123rd in the nation. Gives up 475 total yards a game. Uh, that's not good. Gives up 40 points a game. That's 127 out of 130. So, uh, you know, gives up 100 uh, uh, 125th in the country in, in allowing. Long plays and scrimmage. Nick, the Kentucky offense should be able to continue the success it had against Tennessee in the first half and against Bambi. 
They certainly should. And I just – I don't know in what form you try to get it because it is senior day. Uh, so you want to reward those guys. So I, I think I would like to see a Justin Rigg touchdown. Um, yeah. I would like a Darian Kennard throwback touchdown. Uh, yeah. Who else I like? I'd like a Josh Ali touchdown. Yeah, let's let's yeah. get those – Let's get those seniors, pad some stats, get Wandale six or seven catches, you know, get Chris his 100-yard rushing night and uh, call it a night. Yeah, Jay. Uh, senior night's tough, man. I mean, that, that's an emotional senior day in this case. That, that's an emotional moment before the game. You got to recollect and got to refocus after you sing my old Kentucky home and after your family's with you. It's pretty emotional. It's a tough day, right? It is. It's a hard. Uh, it's hard to to get you know jump out of that into the game. But you know the level of competition we're playing this week. Um, it should not be an issue. You know, and I think, uh, in my opinion, we're sitting there at seven three. We should be ranked, um, but style points matter again uh, in that. And I, I feel like, you know. This is a game where we just we just got to go out and just bludgeon them. I mean, literally just destroy them, start to finish, get a bunch of young guys in, have fun. You know, that's a, that's something we haven't been able to do. You know, I remember um, my freshman sophomore year when some of my teammates that I came in with, you know, in those blowout games, uh, they got to get in and have some fun. I watched those seniors and juniors and upperclassmen celebrate them and kind of like Bully did with Justin Rogers when he got his first sack, you know. We haven't been able to do any of that this year. Um, and I want that's what I want to see. I, I want to see us go out there and just put it on them first half, come out the second half and put it on them again in the third quarter. But then let's get some young guys in. Let's let these seniors and juniors, upperclassmen celebrate these young guys that don't get to play very often. Let them taste some success and just put it on them. Yeah, I used to call them the hat games, Jay, because go in, take care of business, come over to the sideline, put a hat on, and let the backup quarterbacks go yeah. at it, you know, and yeah. uh, let them play and have fun. And, and that was good to watch, good to see, good to see them play, and their families were there. That, that was awesome. But, yeah, this senior class, man, won three bowl games in a row, been to bowl game every time, every year they've been at Kentucky. Uh, should be celebrated. I mean, Josh Paschal's. Josh Pascal's a generational everything. And, and, you know, Luke Fortner, Darren Kennard. I mean, there's so many of them. Yusuf Corker, Devontae Robinson, uh, mm. DeAndre Square. I mean, those guys have really bladed on the line week in, week out. And, and I think I think their biggest contribution to the Kentucky football program lies within the fact that fans are a little bit uneasy at a 7-3 and three record and a 17-point SEC road win at Vanderbilt. I mean, uh, yeah, may not. I mean, seriously, that that's where we are now, and these seniors I, have a lot to be thanked for. That I, you know what, and I, I think our fans forget when these guys were being recruited, uh, where they could have gone. Some of them, yeah, and what they what they came into and the position of the program was at that point compared to where it is now. Um, yeah, because let's be honest, four years ago we aren't where we are right now, right? right? I mean, we just weren't. And we were in a lot of different – we were in a much different place. And these dudes came in, took a chance, bought into the culture, 
um, and made it even better. And as we all know, as a player, the one thing you want to do is leave the program better than when you found it. Yeah. And these dudes are doing it. They, they yeah. did it. They did it on and off the field. Uh, they done it the right way and with class. Yeah. It, I'm, look, I'm, I'm the, Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. The, the way Fortner put it, he said, is it's like my first game was a loss to Southern Miss. So kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Program's yeah. A, yeah. a lot different now than it was back then. It's, and it's been, um, I think the thing that the coaches have kind of hit hard on this senior class this week too is the young guys don't know what that climb is like. Right. They don't. Yeah. So, so what's really big for these seniors to, to really drive home the last few weeks is how you practice, how you prepare and how you do it too. 10 weeks into the year when you're just, your body's just beat up, you're tired, you're done. You still yeah. got to go out there and, and, and have a little bit of energy, play with a pep in your step at practice. So that's really what they've been driving home is kind of the habits that guys like Pascal and Fortner and hell, a bully who wasn't always the case, but he he turned it around for himself. Guys like Yusuf Corker, Josh Ali, who have just steadily and consistently gone to work. That's that's kind of the mo for this class and the the legacy that they're leaving for for this Kentucky football program. You know, Nick, speaking of that, I saw DeAndre Square go sideline to sideline, make a tackle, <laughs> got up and was walking back to the huddle, and you could tell he was hurting. I mean, something was going on. You know, week 10, everything hurts. And then he, he, he limped back to the huddle, you know, and then got the next tackle. So, I mean, that that's, mm. that's the legacy that this senior class is leaving. And, and I hope that our seller is celebrated uh, on Saturday. I'm going to be at the game. It's going to be my first game in that stadium in quite a while. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I want to be there to see see these seniors go off because, you know, I love them. Uh, I don't, don't only cover them. I know them personally and care for them personally and want to see them succeed in whatever avenue of life that they pursue. And I think they will. And uh, I'm proud of them. All right. So you got I, love, I love to uh, stoop seeing like, well, if he doesn't make the NFL, I'm sure he'll do just fine. He's got, yeah. what, five degrees? Who, Luke Ford? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> you know, I went back and looked at uh, our preview on signing day of him, Nick, and, and I think I said he will be a multi-positional starter, and my comp with him was uh, – uh, shoot. Was it Toth? John, John Toth, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was my comp to, to Luke oh, Ford. So, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, who you got? Nick Roush, Jay Dorch. Louisville is a 19-point favorite at Duke, Kentucky's next opponent. Duke is not very good at the game of football. No. Who you got? Well, my Duke is good at the game of football. Yeah. This Duke, not good. Um, hoping we get a David Cutcliffe retirement game. But, Freddie, I admittedly had to stay away from this game. I think I'm going to be watching this game with Cardinal fans. So I, I don't want to cheer for them to, to win by 20 points, but I also don't want to be a jerk. So I was just like, eh, I'm staying away. And this game stinks. Wolf will probably win, but they'll, they'll do the thing where they go up by like 30 points and then the fourth quarter Duke will score 17 and then you, you won't get your money back off Louisville. You'll be, you'll be doubly mad at Louisville for winning and not giving you money. Jay. Yeah. I, I think Louisville wins. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be clear. I'm not for U of L, but I think Louisville wins, uh, and I think they cover. Uh, and then looking forward to next week, just putting it on them. Yeah, I think Louisville wins big at Duke. So uh, SMU, the Mustangs are going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a 15 point favorite. At one time, this game looked like it was could be trouble for the Bearcats in that 104th ranked schedule that they faced a daunting task week in and week out with South Florida and Florida Atlantic and Florida International and Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, <laughs> who you got, Nick? I've been chasing Cincinnati to cover big numbers for a month now, and it's just a fool's errand. I'm just – I'm that I'm trying to get my white rabbit. I'm never going to get it. And it's not happening this week either, even though this is the only good team they've played in the last month. But stay the hell out of here, Cincinnati. Get out of here. SMU's going to cover that. I think it's like 11 points right there. Jay. I got Cincinnati. I think they cover at home. Yeah. Uh, Freddie, you want me to tell you a game I really like this weekend? Yeah. I hate saying this, but I really like – Shane Beamer and the fighting Gamecocks from South Carolina. Yeah. I, I don't – they're playing Auburn at home. It's So, we've got another case of road Auburn. No Bo Nicks. Yeah. No yeah. Bo Nicks. And South Carolina is fighting for bowl eligibility. Auburn season, while, yes, there's still something to play for there, like, of course there is, but it's not what they kind of hoped for. You just had a really deflating loss, and then you got to go on the road with the new quarterback. Uh, South Carolina, as much as that Florida was, win was, they did hang tough with Missouri. So I'm, I kind of got a good feeling about the Gamecocks at home plus three and a half against the road favorites, the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, I got uh, I got the Auburn Tigers here, Nick. I think. Oh no! I I just can't believe in in South Carolina. Jay, who you got there? You know, I take Auburn as well. For oh, sure. I'm on an island. I'm on an island. <laughs> uh, right, here we go. The Florida Gators at Missouri. 
the Gators are, are struggling a little bit, Nick Roush. A little bit? Yeah. yeah. You, you, Freddie, I, whew, I, think, I think me and Jay could put some pads on and go out and tackle somebody better than that Florida <laughs> football team. And the thing is, too, Jay, you know it's all effort. Like, they've just completely yeah. quit. I mean, it is no entirely doubt. effort. Um, yeah. But you oh, know, they got right. dogs on that side. Yeah, and now they get Tyler Beatty and Connor Bazelak. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, I, the lock of all locks. Okay, I don't know. Florida's eight-and-a-half-point favorites. I saw that the total was at 69, and I couldn't bet the over quick <laughs> enough. They're, they're, th- that's a 42 to 45 kind of game. Like, there ain't no way that both teams aren't scoring at least 35 apiece. Like, that, that's all the points. Give me the Missouri Tigers in this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm think, going with the fighting drinkwitzes. You, you think, Mullen, you think – Think he's gonna stay? I don't know. I don't know. That's a big investment to get rid of him. So yeah, uh, I think at this point, I mean, they're going to have to make a decision. They can't let this linger on into much longer in the recruiting season. Which Dan Mullen doesn't really think you need to recruit during the season. You just need to concentrate on games. But uh, it's going to get tougher and tougher for the Gators. I'm taking. I'm taking Mizzou here. Yeah, me too. I'm on Mizzou. When's the last time? When's the last time uh, the Florida coach danced in a locker room after a win like that? <laughs> Over Sanford? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That. that, that can that you was... imagine? Can you imagine the big boosters when they saw that? Oh man. Yeah. And... The optics. Yeah. I was, the, the optics weren't great there. Well, and then you juxtapose that. Did you all hear the Kirby Smart audio that got leaked uh, from? Uh, yes. His yeah. halftime speech against Georgia. We can't play it because you know it's halftime locker room. But I mean, it's it couldn't be more opposite of Dan Mullen. Let's just put it that way. That, yeah, that's a coach yeah. you want to play for, not like some goober dancing after you score seventy points on a D two team. Yeah, the New Mexico State Aggies are traveling to Kroger Field to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. Nick, what's the spread? The thirty six still. I believe it was um, 36. Yep, 36 for Kentucky. So that means the first half will be about 23. That's a stay away. Kentucky's going to score a lot of points, uh, but stay away. And also, I would even even maybe be – I would stay away from the total too because 60 sounds about right because I can see Kentucky scoring 47 points and – New Mexico State gets a t- couple of touchdowns on the catch, just throwing it around the yard, picking up some garbage time su- stuff in the second half. So I would stay away instead of betting the cats, but they are going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be great on senior day. Noon kickoff, crisp fall air. Get out there, get the win early, get home, and watch some more football the rest of the night. Yeah, Jay, 36 points is a lot for this team. What do you got? Well, I like the number 36. Um, so <laughs> I'm taking cats, giving the points, cover, big day, celebrate the seniors, uh, send them out of Kroger Field the right way, and on to next week. Woo. I tell you what, I'm going to take 36 as well because – Wow. Will Levis is, is – I, I, I have – he hit – Will Levis has stolen my heart. I, I love that quarterback. I like his fight. I love everything about him. You're easy, Brady. I, I know. Well, listen, it, it wasn't no. easy for me. Remember, it, remember it wasn't I always was, the case, too. Yeah, you I, were, I you was were almost slow, anti-Levis six weeks ago. 
I wasn't anti Levis, but I was okay. You're you're getting some NIL money, so I'm grading you a little bit tougher there, uh, big guy. So, but but yeah, listen, he he has won me over, and uh, I like watching him play. He's a whole lot of fun. I think this He's is a hat game for for Will <laughs> Levis, and and he gets to put on a, a toboggan and cheer on Bo Allen in the second half. All right. I'm going to work KSR, first time ever, the Kroger KSR games of the week, the doubleheader in Bell County in southeastern Kentucky. The game I'm going to be covering, the West Carter Comets at the Middlesbrough the Yellow Jackets, Middlesbrough's undefeated, 12-0, West Carter 9-3. Going to be a good one. The fighting Matt Joneses got their hands full with West Carter. Nick Roush, who you got? Man, I, as much as home field advantage helps in the playoffs, the Comets, they, they, they don't back down from nothing. Wes Carter for the dub. Dubs on dubs. Wow. Jay. Uh, man, I got to go with all my teammates playing in Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. I'm going Middlesbrough for sure. Yeah, I'm going with uh, the fighting Vic Adamses and the fighting uh, Brian Williams. Brian Williams, yeah, number and two. And the fighting uh, Travis Powers. I'm yeah. going with the Middlesbrough Yellow Jackets here because I had a $6 million man lunchbox when Ooh. I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, Lee Majors is from Middlesbrough. So is our boss, Matt Jones. I'm towing the company line and going with the Yellow Jackets. <laughs> Love it. All right. The second game of the Kroger KSR game of the week. Two coaches, the two winningest coaches in the history of Kentucky high school football going at it. Oh, Belfry. The Pirates, led by Philip Haywood, started the season 0-5, won six of their last seven, are playing on Log Mountain, Bell County. The Bobcats, led by Hillard uh, – uh, golly. Dudley Hilton. I said Hillard Howard from the <laughs> Dudley Hilton from Bell County. Won three state championships, uh, two at Bell County, one at Bourbon County. The two legendary coaches, uh, Dudley Hilton, is at home with his Bobcats. Nick Roush, who you got? You know, this ain't the same Belfry Pirate team that came in and beat my DeSales Colts a couple of years in the Final Four in the city of Louisville. They aren't going down to Bell County and leaving with the win. Give me Dudley Hilton getting the big regional championship win and moving on to the final four. Play a little Thanksgiving football. Wow. Yeah. Jay Dorch. Belfry. Belfry. Running back. Bel- Isaac Dixon is a, is a stud. Who you got? Belfry all the way. Road dog. Oh. Oh. This is a tough one for me. Belfry. But I do know those this. Boys, those boys don't play at Belfry. Man, they're, they're awful tough, and that, that option is hard to stop. And I'm happy that uh, Belfry has turned it on and started winning games for Coach Haywood. But Log Mountain is a tough place to play. Bell County is a significant home field advantage. Yep. I'm going to take the Bobcats. Good here. call. Good call. Good yeah. call, Freddie. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It, man, you know, uh, my, my alma mater, too, we just got a new coach, and uh, he spent some time in that neck of the woods. Mike Jackson coached uh, Pikeville for four years. Uh, we spent some time at Oldham County, just finished up at Mail. So I, kn- I know we're all excited to have him uh, down in the south side of Louisville. Well, your boy picked him off to seal the deal to beat the number one Corbin Redhounds 
at Cor at Campbell Field in Corbin. Wow. Wow. Yes. So yes. you ended his high school football career. I'm gonna have to tell him he, that. Yeah, he tell he him Freddie Megardson's love. <laughs> he threw up a, 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 a deep one over the middle, and I went up and got it and beat the Red Hounds. So yeah, <laughs> I've known Mike Jackson for a very long time. He is a incredibly intelligent man and a great football coach. Nick Rouse, the DeSales coach, got it right with my, with Coach Jackson. He's tremendous. I have a <clears> lot of respect for him. Two-time Kentucky High School football coach of the year. Mm-hmm. So you're and, and and here's the deal, man. He he's a great coach. His brother has a dynasty at Corbin. Won another, uh, I think it's his eighth eighth grade state championship at Corbin. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. man. You, you you see why Corbin's number one team in four A is there? <laughs> that, that, it's a that, farm that, system. You got to have a develop. You got to develop your kids. You know. But in all seriousness, the way that Corbin does it is is so impressive. Do they run the it same scheme matter. too? Yeah, but it doesn't yeah. matter if you're the biggest sixth grade stud in the in the state of Kentucky. You're playing against and with and against sixth graders. They don't let you play up. Right. Seventh right. graders saying, I mean, they're very strict on how they develop their players for high school. I think something like seventy percent of their practices is dedicated to fundamentals and technique. Yeah, leading. I mean, they do. Coach Jackson uh, does a tremendous job with that feeder system in the Corbin High School. But back to your coach Jackson, great hire by your coach Nick Roush. Love it, love it. Uh, Nail. They're playing Central Harden Friday. Run up the score on them. All right, run up the score. Beat them all. Win the state championship. Sink those rocks. Kick those shamrocks to the curb. Let's go. Hey, one to keep your eyes on, Jay Johnson Central at Corbin. Oh, Corbin that'll be, has been ro- that's good. That's Corbin a good game. Has been rolling people this year. Johnson Central, I had them a couple weeks ago. They're peaking at at, at playoff time, and uh, I don't know that that's going to be man. It's 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 playoff time. But here, here here's uh you know I, I, hey there's another one, Freddie. You're, you're leaving out, man. Who's Tillman got? Paducah Tillman Tornadoes traveling to Louisville got Cal. Christian Academy of Louisville, led by Hunter Cantwell, who was a quarterback at, at uh, Paducah Tillman, played at Louisville. More, more uh, like Hunter can't throw well, am I right? Yes, that's true. <laughs> Are you going, Jay? Hey, uh, oh, yeah, man. It's funny, all my, you know, because that's where Logan Laurel went to school and all my friends are going. Some of them got kids that are playing. They're like, "What side you gonna be on?" Like, dude, I'll be I'll be rolling on the Duke Tillman sideline, man. We got a new coach. It's his it's his first year. He's uh, from Crittenden County. I haven't met him yet, but uh, I hear great I, things about him. I'm excited. I've been on that visitor sideline quite a few times. I don't think they have a gate to lean on, and I don't trust a good. Uh, you know, you, I like having the, the the fence to lean on, and they don't have that. Yeah. It doesn't feel good, but. Uh, you right. you are closer to the action to do a little John if you want to. Uh, oh, me yeah. talk trash at a game. No, nah, nah. I can't imagine. Nah. <laughs> I tell you what, I've had so much fun with these games of the week, man. I love going to these communities. Uh, such a There's such a great like, experience. Nothing. There's it's nothing a football like state, man. Football. There's just nothing. On a Friday like night. Yeah, the Bell County AD called me. Said, "Listen, we're going to have coffee, hot chocolate, and brownies in the press box." Unfortunately, <laughs> I will be at the other game. You're gonna you're gonna yeah. end up leaving, driving over. <laughs> he will. He's gonna ask for a to go box. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, well, guys, thank you very much. I appreciate y'all being on this podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, one, one, uh, just, just to say it again, a huge thank you to these seniors that are going to be walking Saturday. Uh, this, who's coming back, who's not coming back, we'll, that'll be sorted out later. But for those that are walking, I, I hope a lot of people get out and, and show appreciation at the catwalk and at during senior day festivities because these players sure have earned it. So, uh, guys, thank you very much. I hope you like this podcast uh, and subscribe to us, and, and we'll talk to you next week. Hey.